Cards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to The Cancer We Call Home. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is the 29th of November, which is a... I'm trying to think. It must be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thanks. I'm like totally out of time. I'm down here in Tucson. And I come back to Oregon tomorrow afternoon. So I'll be back in the main studio tomorrow. But anyway, um, yeah, it's a pretty awesome place down here in Tucson. I'm not a big Tucson fan, but the weather's been nice and comfortable, which is good and pretty easy. So it's all right. But anyway, we're going to dig in tonight to a lot of the collapse of Babylon. And the nature of the things that are starting to come out to really point to the real cancer in which we're living under. This nation, this government that we know of is no longer of the people, and we know that. And it's just amazing how many of these stories that we're still dealing with that are in the news continue to grow, continue to get worse, and so many people remain quiet or silent. That's part of the problem, and it's also... The other part of the reality, which is that's how this war is being waged, which is totally to wear people down and ultimately get them to comply simply by doing nothing. And one of those critical things right now we have is the issue of currency, gold and silver. You need to diversify your savings as much as you can with all the threats that are happening here because we are dealing literally with a Ponzi scheme of paper dollars. And the best way to do that is get precious metals behind you and to, in, in particular, get precious metals behind your retirement accounts. That's why we have Birch Gold. So if you'll text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. Again, text BARDS to 989898. Now through December 22nd, for every $5,000 you spend with Birch Gold, they will send you a one-ounce Silver Eagle coin for free. That's right, a one-ounce Silver Eagle coin for free, which is awesome. So you can purchase gold and silver, you can have it shipped directly to your home or have Birch Gold's precious metal specialist help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA. And that's no money out of pocket if you do that either. These people are the experts. They've been with us for over a year. They've been taking care of Bars Nation brilliantly. They are, in my opinion, one of the best in the market, if not the best. So all you need to do is text Bards B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. And then for every $5,000 you use as a purchase with them, they're going to send you a Silver Gold Eagle. They have an A-plus rating with Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, many of which are Bards folks, which is Bards Nation folks, which is awesome. So again, text Bards, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. Claim that eligibility for a free silver qualifying purchases before December 22nd. You want to do that today. What do we have going on in our world that is new? Let's start with what's old that can, keeps getting new headlines. How does that? And one of those things is the fact we are dealing with a Ponzi scheme of epic proportion. There is a great interview that, that is in Zero Hedge today, and it's it's the interview with uh, Bill Holter. 
And what he's looking at really is the banks that are buying each are backing each other and there's no backing going on right now. And we have a real critical problem. Swiss Bank has been backed and been bailed out by UBS Bank. And this is just one of these tailspins that's starting that has been going on for some time. It's only getting worse. So to read the quotes from Holter, he points out that you've got a, a sick bank, which is Credit Suisse, that is being bailed out by another bank, UBS, that may turn out to be sick as well, which we already know it is. And so the questions we're having to ask is who's going to bail out the central banks? And of course, all of that always vectors in on the people, put the debt on the back of the people. That's the debt enslavement system that we are so much a part of. Now, get this, the Fed right now has a, a balance sheet of $9 trillion. The last time that this happened, the Fed was at $900 billion, and then it went to $9 trillion. So the question is, are they planning now to jump the Fed from $9 trillion to $90 trillion? They keep doing these massive jumps to expand debt, and all it is is confetti money. There is no value in this money whatsoever. So we're dealing in a situation right now globally, that the entire global system is being stressed because of this constant overspending and credit leverage that they're doing. But it's not just credit leverage. As we know, we get deeper and deeper into this. This is about raking and raping out money out of a system that's yours, mine, to use it for their own wealth empires. It's robber barons, which was the end of the 1800s to the early 1900s on steroids is what it is. And we have seen this constant growth of debt and control over the people, which is exactly what they want. Because the more debt that they can lay on the people, the less the people have time to do what? Live lives, grow their own food, own land, and most importantly, raise a family. The one thing you have to, we all have to get to grips with here, and it's something that in this whole process that I've been documenting and will be documented in an actual documentary that we're putting together right now in this journey, which is this new film will be called Bards of War, Family is Everything is that the real war that we've been missing and not paying attention to is the war on family. Now, we've been talking about the pieces, but to understand it's on a global system and understand how it was all designed ultimately to rupture the family is what's critical to, to understand this. And the banking system is a backbone to that. The more debt that they can lay on, it means the more taxes they can justify, the more that they can deflate your wages, the more that they can cause you to earn less and inflate prices, to cause you to work more, to take you away from the family. And it's a constant feed into this. And as we feed into this more and more and more, what we are seeing is the weight on the individual family gets so heavy that it actually ruptures because people are locked into the system. And what happens when things are ruptured? Then you start to see the destruction of the moral foundation of an entire nation. And that looks like things like high levels of abortion, high levels of birth control, high levels of permanent sterilization of men and women. And then it goes even further to say that people will, will voluntarily choose not to have large families. China had a one-child policy that's driven them to a point of right now of social collapse. They don't have enough people. They're having to race in robotics to try to replace people. They have a massive problem of a growing, of a future population that will, will support the growth that they need. It's so bad in China right now that they're actually inviting in Christian groups, that's right, Christian groups, to run elderly care homes because they don't have enough people or knowledge of how to run the care homes because their population, their aging population is growing so quickly. So this is in a situation right now on the global scale where we are seeing mass population reductions in nations, which was by design, but it's stressing their system 
And it's a real question of where you want to sit in this fight. And ultimately, the fight is centered on the family. Are you going to obey and be obedient to God and grow a family, or are you going to obey and obedient to this world of masters that want to say more debt, more things, more garbage in your life, and small families? But at the end of the day, the one and only thing that can change the direction of this war is the revitalization of the family. And it's not an easy fight by any means, because what's ahead is, is only going to be more challenging to the families. I mean, take a look at this. This is a headline we shouldn't even be seeing anymore if we had done things right in terms of truth. But we have DNA contamination in COVID-19 vaccines may explain rise in cancers, clots, autoimmune diseases, says a pathologist. DNA contamination. Not a mention of mRNA. Not a mention of this entire issue of the clot shot. It's just a may and may cause problems with. But on the other level, this is an awareness and awakening thing. So the next question that people should be asking is, why is DNA and why was there ever DNA in a COVID-19 vaccine? And that's the question in these headlines that they bury right before you. Clinical pathologist Dr. Ryan Cole has said that DNA contamination in some COVID-19 vaccines may be related to an increase in cancers, microclotting, and autoimmune diseases. Quote, my big concern is the fact that billions of people across the earth have received a product that was overtly contaminated with something that should not have been in the product. So the question is, why was it in there? Well, we know why, because all of this was an attempt for mass extermination of the population. But mass extermination in one of the most atrocious ways. These people don't think in terms of clean death. What they think of is a slow death for many, many reasons. Because as they wear people down, they try to welch out as much out of you until your very last breath. Nothing better than to have a population that slowly dies off in pain and misery, which means you're going to be going to the doctor regularly to get more medications that will continue your pain and misery while you work a job and then work another job and try to get by until the very end you can't have any freedoms from the system and you die completely emotionally, morally, and spiritually drained and exhausted. And in this whole time of working, you haven't spent time doing the one thing that God wants us to do, which is to commune with him and be, re- and be tight and in with the body of Christ. But you spend, we spend all of our other time out here in the world. People have a real problem, and, and, and it's, it's extended to all ranges. It's even within Bard's Nation. And it's a problem of pettiness because the pettiness in their lives is more important than the big relationship with God because people, if they don't have pettiness, so many people don't have worth and value. And this is a major problem. And the problem we have with pettiness is that pettiness becomes like a cancer. And it feeds on itself. And people pick it up and they start to run with it. And they don't even seek truth. And they don't center themselves in scripture because they're so busy trying to validate themselves. And this is a system that designs to wear you down and take away your validation so you spend the rest of your life doing things to validate yourself that has nothing to do with your relationship with God. And that relationship with God is central to everything we do. And yet even people who are walking with God and say they are, are missing the point that we are truly spiritual beings first and physical beings second. And this entire system is structured and built around a concept of physical structural living, solid physical life. So people become consumed in it as it is the primary reality. And yet, if you ask somebody that has any sense of faith and you say, what are you taking with you in the next life? In the afterlife, they will say nothing. 
So why are you spending so much time on the things that you will take nothing with you? And those are questions that we don't ask in a large perspective in a large way in our society. And yet this system is destroying families and destroying children and destroying us because of a willfulness of a population as a whole to say that the things in the world are greater than that which is within and that, was with, and that which is within God. And it's quite literally that simple if we make that shift, but the problem is making that shift is the big leap. And so pettiness becomes part of a normal way of life. The gossip, the little things, the worries about this or that that pops up on the TV, the, the concepts of, it, it just goes on and on. Here, here's one for you. I'm doing some continued research on this, but this is actually quite phenomenal. We've all heard of nuclear winter. And nuclear winter was an idea that was developed actually by the KGB and one of their elite units in the KGB. Why did they develop the concept of nuclear winter? Because the U.S. was putting Pershing missiles in Europe, Pershing II missiles, and they didn't want the Pershing missiles to be close to Russia. So they did this. They hired, they took their people, when they all have those people on staff, and they created articles written by supposed experts in the field. They, they created a journal and a professional journal where people would write articles on. They wrote books on it, and they released this into the West on this concept of nuclear winter. That if there was a nuclear war, we would go into a nuclear winter, and it would be the end of all things. And the great part about this is it was a complete fabricated bunch of lies. There was no science to back it up. But what they did is they pumped it into the key areas of people that would go for it, which were usually emotional, notional people that have no grounding in any sort of strength of truth, especially faith in God. And so what happens? A lie became a, a truth, and it's almost an incorruptible truth because if you ask people today about nuclear winter, they're going to tell you, yes, that's absolutely true. But what they won't be able to answer is, well, how come those scientists don't write anymore? Where did they go? What happened to the journal? Why did it disappear? Where did all this work come from? There was no science backing for it. People believe it. It's no different than in the, in the environmental crisis. The pettiness of life is what drives people, unfortunately, because they don't have value, the true value that they were given, which is the value in God. And this is the ultimate cancer in our world right now. And as we sit here and watch this corruption continue to grow, it's a deep corruption. It's a deep corruption that is in a moral level that is rotting our nation from the inside out. And if you doubt that, just look at the transgender clinics. You're seeing parents literally agree with psychologists that are all trained on literally satanic principles in their teachings. Just take it back and do that study. They are agreeing with psychologists and teachers that are telling them your children are gender confused. You need to honor your child's choice of changing gender because they were born incorrectly. There has never been a bigger affront to God in our time, I would say probably since the days of Noah. And yet, parents are agreeing with this. They're going along with it. They're walking little Johnny in to become Sally. They're walking Sally in to become Mark. And these children are being permanently mutilated and will never have children again. This is getting extremely personal with me on another level. And I'm not going to dig into this hard now, but because of what I've just gone through this week and restoring and what I did as a vasectomy years ago, 
The process to get that restored, the surgery involved in that is very high level. There's one clinic in the United States that produces the quality and of work that's needed to do it, and I'm here at it, right? This is where I was this week. And when I think of myself and had the, the blessings of God, the grace of God to be able to restore what was taken, what I chose to have taken, and I look at these children that are having it taken from them and it's being guided by their parents, we're talking about a cancer in this world, a cancer in the moral, moral basis of our nation that is going to, we're going to have to live with for generations. This is a very, very dark time. And a really great quote here um, in our chat. It's by Angry Sheepdog. God is not the author of confusion. 100% correct. That is Satan is the author of confusion. And so we are literally in a point right now when we are watching Babylon teeter on its edges and we watch these narratives continue to fall apart. But we are, we are watching a world not knowing what to do. And the answer is not that hard, quite frankly. It literally begins with the book, the Bible. But they're not going there. Instead, they're trying to go out into the news. I'm going to play something here. I'm going to give you a warning. This is a language warning on this. This piece is about two minutes. So if children are watching, once I start playing it, please tune them out for about two minutes. Um, This is a piece of an interview by the New York Times with Elon Musk. And I, I'm playing this because this is, it's a stunning demonstration of where we are right now. Elon Musk is being openly blackmailed by advertisers to comply with their way. Elon Musk is basically giving them the middle finger. The interviewer at the New York Times does not know how to manage this. But even worse is there are people that will align with the New York Times to be basically saying that if the advertisers are telling you what to do, Elon Musk, you need to do it. And Musk is saying... If the advertisers don't buy advertising, the platform of X will will be destroyed. And he's willing to burn it down to expose the corruption within the capitalist system that is willing to destroy free speech for their right to push product. This is a really fantastic moment here in watching corporate industry start to destroy itself. It's literally eating itself alive. I want to play this piece. Take, Take a listen. And again, language warning as soon as it starts. Know that there's a public perception that, and and you're clarifying this now, um, but there's a public perception that that was part of a apology tour, if you will. That this had been said online, there was all of the criticism, there was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope they stop. You hope? Uh, Don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. But go fuck yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience. Well, well, let me ask you then. That's how I feel. Don't advertise. How do you think then about the economics of, of X? If, 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 if part of the underlying model, at least today, and maybe it needs to shift, maybe the answer is it needs to shift away from advertising. Um, if, if you believe that this is the one part of your business where you will be beholden to those who uh, have this view, what do you do? F-Y. 
I, I understand that, but there's a reality too, <laughs> right? Yes. No. No. It, it, I mean, Linda no, Yaccarino's right here, and she's got to sell advertising. Absolutely. So, um, no. No. Totally. So. So. No. Actually, what what this advertising boycott is uh, is is going to do? It's it's going to kill the company. And do you think that the company? But, and the whole world will know that those advertisers killed the company, and we will document it in great detail. But there are those advertisers. I imagine are going to say. They're going to say we didn't kill the company. Oh yeah. They're going to say tell it to the, tell it to Earth. But they're going to say that they're going to say Elon that you killed the company because you said these things, and that they were inappropriate things, and that they didn't feel comfortable on the platform. Right. That's, see, that's and, what and they're going to say. And let's see how Earth responds to that. It's a stunning interview, and it's because it's done something that we haven't seen happen in industry, which is. Quite frankly, it's been what it's done is it's taken the social media level of an awareness of the globe, which is tied to Twitter, and said, I'm going to tell you that we're not going to take away certain aspects of freedom of speech because advertisers tell us to. But if they don't advertise, we're going to document this and we're going to show you how they destroyed it and we're going to let it let the entire company implode. So what you just saw is the blackmailer be blackmailed. And this is part of this dynamic that we're sitting here right now in a world where we don't really have an azimuth to where to go because so many things are collapsing. Now, one could argue that there's a fantastic moral position that Elon Musk has taken. I'm always a little bit cautious to give it that much ground because I know that Elon Musk is heavily funded by the military de defense complex. He has been heavily involved in building up this new Skynet system, which is just another global grid for prison control. And there is a variety of things going out here that we're seeing. But what we are seeing is that the system where he sees making money and where he sees his avenue, we're starting to see the system trying to rein him in. But he's a little too big right now. And the question is really going to be that if, they, if X, for example, does collapse, what will be the people's response? Sadly, I, I don't think it will be what we want. I think most people will just pine and mourn and, and moan about it. And again, you're back to the pettiness of life. They will complain and, and do their gossip and their little tidbits that they're doing. And they won't get to the core of what was really happening. What this should do is ignite a fire of righteousness within people to say, Musk is talking about a different vision and get behind it to drive him rather than have him be that pinnacle point on the tip of the spear that if he goes away, then everybody suddenly wrings their hands and say, oh, well, another one fell and not take the responsibility themselves. This is the real challenge we face in the world right now. And it's ongoing and it continues to be a challenge because people have become so accustomed to not having any accountability. Speaking of which, take a listen to this interview here. This is Senator Kennedy interviewing a, an attorney and he's asking if a rapist should be judged. This is a deep reflection of where we are in our moral, in our legal institutions and the moral base of our nation. Take a listen. You, you said, I wrote it down. You said that no one should be judged by the worst thing they have done in their lives. Correct. If one of these young doctors sitting behind you God forbid, walks out on the streets of Washington, D.C. 
and is raped or sodomized, you don't think the rapist should be judged? I don't think it should be terminal. It shouldn't be for the rest of their lives. You think we should forgive them and not give them any punishment? I believe in you forgiveness. You think nobody's responsible for their actions? I believe in responsibility. I believe in forgiveness. Thank you, Mr. Wow. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Stunning about this is how they're starting to use Christian values to twist in and around things. Principally, what he said is a Christian value, that we need to have forgiveness. What he isn't saying is just because you have forgiveness doesn't mean you get to get rid of accountability. This commentary, which is, this was on X from Alexandra Datig. It says, this degenerate doctor doesn't know how easy it is for a rapist to forget what they did. Unlike a rape victim who lives with the memory of this serious crime for the rest of their life, rape is not all right. Absolutely true. And so there is a consequential issue that all of this deals with is that from the woke side, which is, I'd say wokeism is probably one of the most dangerous things we've ever faced. There is a moral disconnect with everything that they do. And everything around the world that they do is about them and a me in the moment, and they have no long-term or consideration for long-term effects. There are no victims in their world. Everybody is a forgiven. And that plays well to a new age society that has grown up on a non-accountability and a non-a world where there is nobody you are accountable to. You don't have to be accountable to God in new age. You simply have to wait for the new fifth, five, four D world or five D world and you will ascend. And unless your frequency is right, if your frequency is too low, I guess you're going down. And if your frequency is high, you're going up. That's about the extent of it. Had a little bit of other things in there, a bunch of satanic worship, some more buried in there, free, free sex, open love, marriage stuff, all that stuff. <clears throat> you're getting the idea of where a lot of this generation is. And there's no relationship and accountability to the son of God. And when we, stake, when we take that out, we start to see the moral underpinnings of a society fall apart. And that is why that war ultimately on first faith and getting the Bible out of school, getting the Bible out of government, and then digging into the family and breaking and rupturing the family, you destroy nations. The church, the, the role of the church is to protect and nurture the family and to do so with the moral law and the teachings of God. But without the family, the church does not exist. And nations are built on families, as are tribes. So without the family, you don't have nations. Now you're beginning to see the roadmap of how they're bringing in this new world order because they have to destroy the family to such a degree and they have to bankrupt the youth to such a degree that the only thing they have left to do is to look towards the state to be their parent and their mother. And that is where they are pushing us right now. It's a darkness that we have a choice on, but it's going to take a hard push to correct it and arrest it. Right now, public schools on a good indication, but it's also a dark indication. Public schools are being drained. You're finding whole public schools empty throughout inner cities. There's a lot to that statement. On the, on the surface, we want to believe things like, well, the parents are homeschooling. They're sending them to private schools. Some of that is true. But there's other issues at play here. There's broken families. There's mass amounts of death from this vaccine. There is, there is all sorts of paralysis and disability caused by this vaccine. 
There is the destruction of the inner city of what's left, meaning that people have moved out of inner cities and they've moved to other places and they were left with these voids of homeless hell in the in middle of these inner cities. This is the worlds that we are now living in and around. And ultimately, there's going to be a collapsing point. There is a point of no return and we've already crossed it. It's a matter of how long it is before this system comes tearing itself down. And then you have Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania Attorney General Mitchell A. Henry has issued a consumer advisory warning pregnant people, because you can't say pregnant moms anymore, you have to say pregnant people because apparently men can get pregnant, seeking an abortion. So if you're a pregnant person, if you're a pregnant mother and you're seeking an abortion, you have to be sure not to look for medical services at pregnancy resources centers that do not provide abortions. They're literally criminalizing places that promote life. This is in Pennsylvania. We have to get to a point where we have to bring it all down. And it's sad, it's unfortunate, but this is Babylon we're dealing with. And Babylon is all built on the, on the idea of exploitation and the darkness of the satanic order. There's a 12-minute piece here that I'm going to play tonight. I don't usually play one this long, but this is so good. We really can't live without it. And this is a piece that kind of brings it all together to kind of show you the, where we are in the moment of this time and what type of awareness is starting to percolate up. The question is, will everybody, will the mass amount of people begin to truly wake up and realize what the real truth is? Now, this is an interview with Michael Knowles. And Michael Knowles is what I would call a middle-of-the-road conservative political commentator. He actually works for Ben Shapiro at the Daily Wire. And the thing is that ever since the movie Sound of Freedom, we've started to see a greater awareness into what the elites are actually doing. So just a quick comment on that, and I'm going to come back to this interview, but as I thought about that, I haven't mentioned it, and I want to bring it up, and it's Tim Ballard. You have probably been reading in the news about Tim Ballard of Sound of Freedom and what he has been dealing with, which is accusations of having some sort of sexual issues with people he was rescuing. So I want to say a couple things on that. Number one, what he has done for the movement of, of, of bringing awareness to child sex trafficking and what he has done in spending his life, regardless of who circles around him, Tim Ballard has put everything he had on the table to rescue children. And there's been a lot of criticism of him. This, when you, and right now, there's naturally a lot of people jumping on board with the accusations and I'm, I'm sorry to see it because the easiest attack you can ever make in an information war is to accuse somebody of sexual crimes. Because people want to believe it. They don't want to believe truth. They want to believe in the crime. It back, gets back to the pettiness of the heart. I can also say this. I, I do not speak on any position. This is not related to Tim Ballard. But I do know I've learned a great deal about the inner workings of how the cartels and so forth are working with child sex trafficking. They are making it so that anybody that penetrates their ranks has to commit a crime. I'm not accusing Tim Ballard of that at all. But I am going to say this. 
God's got a place for him because of what he's given in his heart for those children. And he's done more than most will ever do. And I do say this openly. He is always welcome on this show. He is always welcome to talk. And he's always, and I've always, I've also sent out a message so that you all know that he's also welcome to call me on my private line. That man has given his life for something and he is being unrighteously and unjustly accused. And it is doing so because he has gone outside the order to expose them. And this is what happens. So now back to this final piece. This piece here is important to hear because considering its source again, and its source, like I said, is coming from Michael Knowles, who's a pretty center-of-the-road conservative, tries to avoid any sort of conspiratorial issues. He brings on a guest that literally lights the fire on what's going on in the satanic order. This is the real fight, and this is truly when we are talking about the cancer we call home, tonight's show title. Here's what this cancer looks like. Take a listen to this 12 minutes. California, you, you see spiritually what it moves in there. And when you see there's a lot of sexual immorality, sexual immorality comes together with the occultism. Sexual immorality moves with witchcraft. It hmm. also moves with poverty and death, addictions. So when you see in an area that's moving those type of things, there's some sort of witchcraft. I saw a story just, just popped up of a trial in Glasgow. 11 people put on trial for witchcraft. That was the headline, really sensationalist. In 2023, people are on trial for witchcraft. But then when they outlined the actual charges, it was satanic ritual abuse of children. It was sexual abuse of children and, and forcing children into seances and to use Ouija boards. And it was all, it was all jumbled up together. And uh, it did get me wondering, hate to bring this up, you know, in mixed company, but is the weird sex stuff is, is part of it. The sex rituals. Yeah. It is part of it. And let's come back again to the blow thing. You, you know why they use virgins in the rituals? Because when a virgin woman had sex for the first time, the hymen breaks. So there's blood. So there is a covenant there. So at the time, that's why they use the virgins for the rituals because there is a connection, there is a covenant there, this pure, there's something there with, with that blood that gets the, the, the demons and then it gets more power. That's why they also use children. They do in these rituals, they do, sorry for being so thinking, they, they rape children, they, they, they rape babies because they believe that there's pure and there's something there with the blood that is gonna give more power and more access to the demons. For saying that, you will be called a conspiracy theorist, mm -hmm. QAnon, that's the new term that they use, whatever it means. And they'll say, you, be you believe that there's this ritual abuse going on of children and even babies. And I, I guess my answer to that is, well, it's like on the whole witchcraft issue. For all of human history, people have been explicitly practicing witchcraft, like all tribes all over the world. There are people today who call themselves witches. There are religious people who oppose witchcraft. There are, in this case, people on trial 
for witchcraft-related crimes that include all of those crazy wild conspiracy theories with the little kids and the horrible stuff, the only people who don't believe in this are a handful of, I guess, secularists or materialist-type people. And then I guess there's another group that denies it, which is the people who are maybe engaging in it or covering it up, and they, they're just lying. And so, but I just don't see how looking at the evidence of all of history and even the headlines and a trial right now going on in Scotland, and the testimony of someone who's been very involved in witchcraft, how, how anyone could deny it. All, all of the evidence says this stuff happens and has pretty much always happened. Mm-hmm. The enemy wants to make this look like it doesn't exist, exist so we don't do anything about it. I had recently, recently, I was kind of like mentoring, helping someone that she was involved in satanic ritual abuse. She was a woman, she was a 65-year-old woman, and her testimony is crazy. And I was trying to help her to come out of that mentality, helping her with deliverance, with healing. And she told me some crazy stuff that they used to do to her. And people would hear her testimony and think like, she's crazy, she needs to go to a... Psychiatric. Mental asylum. Exactly. She needs to be locked. But she was sharing specific things about what she went through. And even as a really young girl, how she was raped, how she was involved in these rituals, what they have to make her do when they lock her in, in, in cages with animals too. No, that was in the story about yeah, what happened in Glasgow. They would lock typical, these kids yeah. in cages and cabinets. And, and, they, and they lock them there with animals because their main thing is fear. They want to kind of like control their mind so then one day they can be part of the cult and continue. In fact, this woman, she was she became a, like a high priest satanist and um, and but she believed in God since she was young because she had an encounter with Jesus. Hmm. So she believes that the whole time the Lord was protecting her for from those things. But she but she told me some crazy stuff and I'm like, I didn't even know those things were real. Like, Wait, hold know. on. She- she believed in God, had an encounter with Jesus, and then became a high-ranking. They saint. were training her oh, got it. to be a high um, satanist, and you know she she had she saw demons, she had encounters, she she went through rape. They even killed one of her babies in in when she got pregnant as a sacrifice. So the crazy, the, the story is crazy. Like so they I made know. her get an abortion, or like yeah, after they she- took the baby out and they killed in front of her. So there, there's, these things are real. These things are real. And I'm like, but, but this is why the enemy doesn't kind of like want to make us think that this is not real. Yeah. So we don't stand and we speak about these matters. We speak about these things and what are we going to do against that? Because if the church doesn't know that this is real, the church is just going to be sitting. My question then, I think I probably know the answer, but what kind of groups are doing this? Meaning, is it just some weirdo, fringe, eccentric people on the on the edges of society who are engaging in this and who get caught up in it and it's, it's horrible and tragic, but it's some pretty weird out there people? Or is it mainstream people and wealthy people and powerful people and I, I, you seem to be implying it's the lab. <laughs> so, conspiracy theories again. It's a safe, I guess safe space. People are going to think. Yeah, yeah but um, I believe there's so many people in power involved in Satanism. You cannot imagine. She even, uh, I mean, I don't want to know, say her name because she, she's quite private. 
but she told me when she was super involved in that that there were people of of, of high rank with a lot of money involved in these rituals, yeah. involved in these practices. And um, she didn't give me names, but she said like that she saw a lot of people with money, in power, in government, um, involved in this type of practices. So I believe that there's a lot of people, there's normal people doing it, and there's also people in power involved in this. Uh, I did hear from someone once, this was someone I knew a little bit in school, like freshman year, and then we kind of lost touch, went our separate ways. I don't, he, I don't think he liked me very much. You know, mm -hmm. I was very con conservative. And, but he reached out to me years later after we had graduated. And uh, I, without going too much into detail in this, because I don't, I don't want to be gossiping or anything, it, he got involved. He just told me all this once, just right over the phone. I haven't talked to this guy in years. He got involved in all of this kind of stuff, like down to the very worst levels of it. And it, he, he said there, there were very, very wealthy influential, powerful people involved. Like not, you know, not very wealthy, like he, they have nice houses in the suburbs, like, like private jet kind of money, you know, in, involved in this. And I, I've heard it, so that was a, I guess a direct witness or participant I heard this from, and I've heard it from other people too. But it just, on the one hand, it seems like common sense because it's right there in the Bible. We, the principalities and the powers and the spiritual wickedness of high places and the notion that the devil is the prince of this world, it's right there. And yet you just, even I still today cannot believe that that is real because mm -hmm. I just expect things to be kind of more normal. <laughs> maybe that is normal. It does. Or maybe the maybe the, the abnormal is normal in this world. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, it's exactly like that. We call normal what is not normal, yeah. <laughs> and then the things that are abnormal, those are actually the normal things. So there, there's been talk recently, uh, or more attention paid to some of this ritual abuse, and the abuse of children, and trafficking, and, and all of that. There's a movie, Sound of Freedom, and there's been some attention paid to this, which uh, I loved when the Sound of Freedom movie came out. The liberal media said, this is a QAnon conspiracy movie something. I said, wait a second, it's based on the true story of Tim Ballard. Yeah. I, wow. I interviewed the guy who, these, these are real events. So if you're saying that these real uh, events conspiracy. are conspiracy theories, then what are you saying about the so-called conspiracy theories? But there's a tension paid to that. How does one stop that? How, do, how does one break up all of these wealthy elite cabals of Satanists? Oh, that's good. That's spiritual warfare of high rank. Not everyone should be involved in that. Hmm. Um, I believe that's why we have to prepare ourselves. I believe there has to be a spiritual preparation. And with that, I mean holiness, making sure that you are like living the holy life, that you fast, that you pray, that you intercede, you're connected with the Holy Spirit, that you are closing portals in your life, that you, if you have sins in your life, you stop them. If you have courses, you're breaking generational courses and iniquities, hmm. as the Bible says, that you have these this 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 training and that you are trained as a soldier i always see i always see everything for me everything that happens in the natural 
is a representation of how what is happening in the spiritual realm, right. right? So part of what I see here with the armies, right? How they get trained, how they get equipped. They don't go to attack the enemy. They first investigate who is the enemy, who is the head, what is the weakest point, how we can enter the same way should be for us. Hmm. We just don't engage in warfare for the sake of I cast out this principle. No, we actually need to have understanding who is the person and the principality that we are facing, who is the spirit of high rank, and the same thing, fasting, prayer, clo clo close importance, breaking courses, and train also in war. Waking up early to pray, like this, these people train, they wake up early, they train, they eat healthy. Same way for us. Mm -hmm. We don't realize, but even eating, yeah. certain things affect the spiritual realm. So if we are eating, all we eat is fast food and pizza, all of that. I'm, I'm telling you, all of those things affect the spiritual realm, because you might go to sleep and in the spiritual realm, now you might have nightmares. Now you cannot perceive maybe the Holy Spirit is trying to give you a dream or something. So all of those things for me are like important that we actually understand and we actually trained yeah. as the people in the military here, here on earth so we can actually be part of God's army and part of the occupying army so we can understand, okay, how are we going to occupy nations? It's not actually going against the person because Ephesians 6, 12 says our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers. So understanding that we love the person, but we come against the spirit that's coming right. behind. And this is what we have to be pre prepared for. This is what we have to be ready for if we want to see actually a change in our nation and establish the government of Jesus Christ in that nation. California. There you go. I couldn't have said it better. Probably one of the best pieces that I have heard on this in a long time. I'll get that clip up. I'll get it over to Nikki. She'll put it up on our TikTok, and we'll also post it in Bard's, Bard's social media community space. This is a brilliant discussion. And everything you heard in there are the things that we've been talking about here. And I say this very poignantly also to those who have left to say that they didn't want anything to do with deliverance and they didn't want anything to do with healing or speaking in tongues. They've missed the entire principle of how we live, what we're in the middle of. We are in a war. A spiritual war is what we are in. And we've been deluded to believe that this material world around us is it. This is the end-all, be-all. This is why we exist. This is our prison. And what we have to do now is resurrect the tools and to become greater at the areas of deliverance. We have to do better at healing. We have to learn the prophetic, the apostolic. We have to be able to apply that in our lives and to rain fire down upon the evil. You don't get a mass movement of transgenderism because somebody puts something in the media clip that gets in people's head. This is a demonic movement that they've been conjuring for years through the sacrifice of children, through the abortion of babies, through the vasectomies of men which are cutting off the seed and separating them from the father. This is the true war. And the war has to be taken seriously. And if God only needs 300, he'll take 300. It's nice to have more. But if, we're, if that's where it goes, and this is why I've said so many times, if we see people move away from a central message that is truly God's, then either they're not ready or they're possessed because they don't want to hear it because to hear it means that they have to face their own problems, their own demons. They have to shut their own portals. They have to go back in their lives and do time walks to figure out where those wounds were, to heal them, to limit the access to the demonic in their lives. This is the real war. And it's something we all have to get educated on. And it will be more and more on this channel. 
there's been a lot of transition happening in the last couple of months. I know there's been this between the attacks we've had on this channel, trying to get the live stream going. It was out. We were out for almost three weeks. We've had our events that are going on, which are tremendous. We had an incredible event in Flemingsburg, which was truly Holy Spirit led. And then we have all this division that comes out of it. And there's people in our movement that are literally becoming the naysayers and they're becoming the voices of Satan himself to seed the, the, the disrupt, disruption within our ranks. And they need to be rebuked and they need to get deliverance and need to be brought out of this because they are becoming agents of chaos and God does not breed chaos. So keep that in mind. And when we're working from a place of love and we're coming out of a fantastic place of love or healing where you have literally witnessed at Barsfest Flemingsburg miracle healings and then within two weeks you have people tearing themselves apart, taking sides, running off one way or another, trying to point fingers at one another, that's the demonic. But they're too weak to see that they've been possessed or influenced by it. And so as a community, we have to walk a different path, not throw stones not by name. Call out the truth what it is. Pray for them. Raise them up. Use the power of healing that we have. Start to bring them back so they can see the errors of their ways because they have to go and face Father for how they've been because that's repentance and that's the return to the walk with Jesus. And when we do that, we start to raise up the mightiness of the body. When you have something as powerful as Flemingsburg, which produced so much in terms of baptisms, we had over 100 baptisms, people being brought to Jesus. We had miracle healings, people leaving wheelchairs and walking out. And if you don't think that the devil was going to come after that one, you're crazy. And I'll totally say I'm an easy target for those that want to throw stones because I made decisions that I had to make because God led me to make them. And it's that simple. And I stand on it. But the weakness shows when they want to see the, 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 the deceit and the chaos within the ranks and they don't have the courage to talk to you face to face. And I will tell you, that is a true meter because I have yet, for all the people that are sowing division within the ranks of Bars Nation, I have yet to have one reach out to me and have a civil conversation in the name of our Lord and God, which tells you exactly who controls them. So... Our role in the real world war in this world is the war of evil. It is the war of the spirit. It is the war of principalities. It's waging war upon the flesh. And this whole process for me this week, in fact, was based on that principle of something that I was part of, severing my seed, which was part of the war on the flesh, which I used my free will to do 21 years ago. And by the grace of God, it was restored to the perfection that it was and was intended to be. So this isn't something to take lightly. It's, just, it's, it's become, it's amazing to me because the whole concept of the war theme was led by God on this channel. And the more that I've learned, I didn't know anything about deliverance three and a half years, four years ago. And today I'm working with some of the best deliverance people in the nation. I didn't know much about healing four years ago. Today, we're leading national and global healing off of this channel and doing miracles by the, by the grace of God. I didn't know much about the prophetic, and now the prophetic's beginning to flow. I didn't know anything about the apostolic, and yet it's beginning to flow. And it's all in the principle of us saying yes in a time of war and telling God yes and living and walking in the yes. 
and then humbling ourselves and giving it and putting it all in, laying it all down for him. Because this is what we are doing. If you want to fight in that fight with heaven, you want to be on God's army, you have to lay it down, everything in your life down, because God will come first in all things, and he will take care of you. But you have to be willing to lay everything down. There is no greater love than to lay your life down for your brother. And that's truly where we sit at this point. It's a juncture. It is the time. It's a time to choose. It is the place we need to walk. It is the simple question of whom do you serve? And if you are one out here, no matter where you are, and you are pushing little itsy-bitsy tidbit nonsense to cause chaos, you are not serving the Lord. And this enemy is using you in a treacherous way to try to sow division amongst the body of Christ. It is the spirit of life for the spirit of death. And everything we do has to be geared towards speaking the spirit of life and avoiding the spirit of death because our words truly have the power of life and death. They have them, and we have to understand them because that is what we are, who we are, where we walk. And all the safeties are off now. We're into a new era. So what we are doing truly has effect. So own it. Be proud of it in the the way that God would want you to be proud of it. Be the child of the Most High. Walk in that space. Be of love and face those demons fearlessly and shred them and put them into the lake of fire. Free people, but begin by freeing yourself, keeping yourself free so that you can help others set themselves free. Understand the boundaries of the, as much as you can of the demonic. Understand where you can step in and where you can't. Understand where the authorities are and they aren't. Understand what it is to step into a principality and wage a war that you're under-equipped to fight that you were never authorized to do. You don't want to do that. This is very real. And these are the entities that have existed for time beyond time. This is where the fallen, the stories of the fallen come from. This is a real fight. It's just that because we live so much in the physical, we have ceased to be able to see into the spiritual. And we have to get back there. That's going back to the garden. That's getting back to Jeremiah 6.16, ancient paths. And that's the calling that's on my heart, and I hope it's on yours, because that's how we win. And the ultimate core of all of that is rebuilding the family. Because the family has been the single unit that God anointed to come into this world to create the living scripture in all that we do. And the enemy knows that. So it has waged a singular war to shred the family, to shred the children, and to leave such scarring and mutilation on every level, spiritual and physical, that they can never recover. And I say no, I say that will not happen because I believe, I believe so deeply that God will give us the tools that we can heal those children that have been mutilated, that we can heal those children that have been raped and scarred, that we can heal those families that have been broken, that we can heal those destructions within the family ranks that have left fatherless, children fatherless and and children motherless. Because that's in the places of healing and deliverance and raising the dead and doing greater works. And I believe so much in our Lord. I believe so much in God that we can have those powers if we simply ask and say, God, provide them for this hour. Lead me, teach me, guide me, and Holy Spirit will do just that. All we have to do is say yes and live in the yes. And that's the only walk to take. Patriots, for all of you this week that have prayed for me, I want to thank you very much. It's been very humbling. 
we're on fire. We're on fire to win because there's only one thing. We've already been given victory on the cross and now we're going to bring victory into the earth. I don't have time for pettiness. I don't have time for little nitpicking nonsense in our ranks. If that's what you want to do, find another home. I'm here to help raise an army for God. I want you with me. But that means focus. That means we walk in love. That means we walk in the focus of Jesus. And that means we do not tolerate evil. And we do everything we can to protect the little ones and to rebuild the family. Those are core values that we will not vary from here. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for all that you have given to all of us here in this channel. You have allowed an assembly to come together, an army to be raised up, to reach across nations, to spread your word, and to raise up people in the body of Christ. And this is an hour in which we now need to heed that call, to answer that call in a critical time where we now need to double down triple down, put our commitment more deeply into the word, marinate in the word and understand the word, understand what it's giving us in tools against this enemy. We need to expand our knowledge in deliverance, in healing, and even the arts of raising the dead. And Father, we need to be able to do all those things to seek those greater works. And so for that, I pray. I pray that blessing over all of Bar's nation, that those hearts that are open, those hands that are up and in humility, praising you. Let them feel that gift and that blessing and let those blessings fall upon each and every one in appropriate measure so that we can raise up an army worthy of you, Lord, to fight in this hour, to stand against this enemy and to crush it and send it to the lake of fire. Jesus, thank you for all you've given and the sins that were absorbed by you by the blood, by your sacrifice, and the freedom you gave us. Now we walk in victory. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. So, we get through the fire. We go through the bumps. There's bumps in the roads. We always overcome them. The true and the faithful never put their eyes off of Christ. The true and their faithful stay true in the walk always. And that's where we go. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. God bless, and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. 
it leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 